0: If you have your Bible this morning, I'd ask you to turn with me to Acts 16, beginning in verse 25. We're going to talk about earthquakes this morning. In the early service, I asked, how many of you have been in an earthquake? And it seemed like about half of them raised their hand. I couldn't believe it. How many of you all have been in an earthquake? Gosh, that's about half of you. Cindy. We got to go get an earthquake somewhere. <laughs> I hate to be behind on that. That'd be fun. Well, let's look at the scripture. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the fountains of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosened. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing that the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, and he ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Earthquakes can really, really, really get your attention. We all know that. We've all seen it in... uh, movies and we've seen it on the TV. Did you know that the that an earthquake can stop a World Series game? Did you know that? It did. It did. San Francisco. Stopped the stop the game. Did you know that an earthquake could stop a revolution? Uh, they were having a gigantic war in the Philippines years ago and there was an earthquake so they all just went on. And it was over. An earthquake demands Your attention. Some people say you don't know what fear is until you're in a place where the ground is shaking beneath your feet. Yes, planes do fall and ships do sink, but when the earth beneath you shakes, you are terrified. We have always uh, counted a sure place to stand, and we love it when we're on it. But when the ground moves, it seems nothing, nothing is secure. So many earthquakes are not where the earth opens up and people are all uh, sucked in and everybody dies. So many earthquakes are personal and emotional and disastrous in our life. Our lives get shaken up. And then sometimes we are shattered in what happens. Sometimes the business that we have pampered and pampered and pampered, it falls through. Sometimes we are trained for a job and the job no longer exists. The robots are coming. Let me tell you that. The economics change. We all know that. We were once in great demand, but we are not any longer. We have lost a mate. They passed away. Some divorce. And there is an earthquake deep within our heart. Sometimes rejection closes out the love that you wanted to be. It just stops, and the ground shakes beneath your feet. Some get diseases and sicknesses. And they just can't handle it. They don't know what to do. Maybe a friend cheats you out of your money and you wonder where the firm ground is. Earthquakes, tremors, they are a test of your faith. In our passage, the jailer had an earthquake outwardly and inwardly. Now all of a sudden, the prisoners, the jailer thinks, are gone. They're all gone. I see some of the walls have fallen down. They're all gone. There's been an earthquake. The jailer has all of these thoughts at one time. I have lost my respect. I've lost my job. I've lost my family. And I have lost my life. Because Roman law says that if you lose a prisoner that you're in charge of, you die in their place. That's the way they did it. They had very few people escape. This jailer has an earthquake moment, and then, by the providence of God, he is saved. He doesn't die. Paul and Silas were in his jail. They were wrongly accused. They were innocent, but they were there. They were in the jail, and they were singing at midnight. Now, I hope that Spencer and I are never in jail together, singing. Because it would not be a witness for the Lord. (laughs) Have you ever wondered about all the other prisoners that were in this prison that we read about in Acts? They have had earthquakes in their lives, and now they're chained to a wall. These newcomers, Paul and Silas, they came in, and they started talking to people about the Lord. Some of them, of course, didn't like that. And now they're singing at midnight. None of them like that. At first, somebody yells out, shut up, you fools. Shut up. Well, I'm sure there were other things said that uh, were not that nice. They were singing some of the Psalms. Many of the Psalms are about earthquakes and God parting the sea and letting the prisoners go free. When you read the Psalms, note how many times The words speak about the power of God and about the exodus. Now, these prisoners, they were real interested in this exodus talk. Uh, They didn't want to be there, of course, in the prison. Paul and Silas were singing at the top of their lungs to God. They didn't care. Paul had found that even in the valley of the shadow of death, you can pray and God is with you. This was a test of his faith. And likewise, it's a test of our faith when the earthquakes come in our life. It's really, really scary. I was in a real bad car wreck when I was preaching revival in San San Angelo, Texas. I I was just torn up. I went through the front seat, through the windshield. And uh, it, it was not a fun day, I assure you. It was tough. Well, you get these earthquakes, and they come. They come. A lot of people are converted when they see how Christians react to earthquakes and heartaches and times of stress. Well, when the sun is shining on us and the birds are singing, we think everything's okay. Everything is okay. But when the the deepest prison where we are uh, has us in an awkward situation, things are not fine and things are not going well. One man said, I was converted because I was standing in a picket line and we were having a severe uh, discussion and labor dispute and one of the management people walked through our line. I spit right in his face. He said the man stopped, turned around, and looked him in the eye and wiped the spit off of his face and then gave him a look of genuine Christian love. The worker said, I had to find out what that man was about. Through the experience, I found the Christ that he loved. The jailer in our text was very upset, as you can imagine, so upset that he was about to fall on his sword. That's how they used to do it. They couldn't shoot themselves in the head because they didn't have a gun. But uh, he was about to fall on his sword. He notices that Paul and Silas are not upset at all. They're laughing. They're singing. They're having a big time. Why aren't they upset, the jailer thinks? The jailer wants to know what it is that makes these two guys tick. He wants to know what's the deal. When you are sitting by a window in those real, real tall buildings by Tampa Bay, and you're in one of the nicest restaurants in Tampa, and they're bringing you all this great food and stuff to drink, And you're thinking to yourself, God seems very far away. You know, maybe I I really don't need God. You know, I'm up here, everything's going great. I'm doing great. My family's doing great. Everything's great. Maybe I really don't need God. But what about when you're trapped on the bridge and there's an earthquake? That's happened to a lot of folks. Then it's time to pray, isn't it? Then it's time to call on God and say, God, please, please help me. And God is always there. He's always there to help, to be with us. We certainly need God today. There's a lot of wars that are going on around the world. People are killing each other. A lot of people are killing Christians. They hate Christians. Killing them right and left. Our financial situation is uh, not the best shape it's ever been in. Do you know that we owe almost $20 trillion, with a T, trillion dollars in debt? Now, one day, I don't know if it's going to be this week or next month or next year or 100 years from now. I don't know when. One of these days, somebody's going to call up uh, and say, we want to be paid. And it's going to be a real, real bad time in America. Our society is becoming more coarse and more secular every single day. A lot of times when we learn to pray, it's because that's the only thing we can do. We're in a bad situation and we we just start praying. We don't know how to pray, but we're doing the best we can. When all of our other options are gone, maybe that's the first time that we pray. We ask God to help us and be with us. The jailer was at that very point in his life. He was totally frustrated, and he was about to take his life. Paul uh, gives this uh, jailer one verse. He says to him, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Now, that's a great verse. You know, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl around the world needs to confront that verse, needs to understand the implications of that verse and the determination that is made on your destiny because of that verse. It's a great verse. Uh, the jailer was not asking, how am I going to be saved from this earthquake? That isn't what he was asking. This was a theological question. This had nothing to do with the rocks falling. This had to do with his soul and his destiny. The jailer was not going to die because the prisoners were all still there. He could have he put all of them in a, in a different cell. That, that wasn't uh, terrible. He wasn't going to even lose his job. No, this is a theological question. What must I do, he asked, to be saved? How can I face the earthquakes that come in my life? This jailer has been listening to Paul preach. And he's been listening to Paul and Silas sing. And you know, when you're listening, even if you don't want to hear, you do hear. And those words were beginning to sink in. The jailer thought, you know, I've never had prisoners like this before. These guys are something else. And the jailer wanted to know the God that Paul knew. He wanted to be close to that kind of a God. Paul took time to tell the jailer what it meant to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know it's hard to witness to somebody in 30 seconds. You just, can't, you just can't do it right. You know, you can't do it justice. You have to take a little longer than that. You have to sit down and kind of talk to somebody and bring them from where they are to another point. Bring them to a time of decision in their heart and in their life. Paul said, you know, you've been searching for God these last few moments when the rocks are falling and and stuff is uh, moving around and the earth is moving. You've been really looking for God. Well, uh, this is also a fact, Paul said. God has been searching for you all of your life. He's been hoping that you would turn it around and come to him. Paul said, Jesus died for you. And he tells the thief, the jailer, he tells the jailer, uh, "This this is for you. He did it for you. The jailer said, nobody could love me that much. that They would die for me. And Paul said, yeah, Jesus did. He died for you. Jesus loved you that much. This building has shaken and your life has been shaken, but I can introduce you to Jesus who is firm and secure. He is not moving. He is not falling apart. He doesn't change. He doesn't fall apart. He's there. Paul continued, now it's your part. Your part of the deal is to trust and to believe in him. That's what you need to do. In Virginia, a few years ago, maybe some of you have seen this. I I never did, but I've read about it. There was an amusement park that had a very interesting ride, uh, very different. It was four stories high, and a cable went from the top of it way, way down, four stories, into a great big pond of water, and you would take this cable and they had put a ring on the cable and then they put some handles on the ring. And so you'd walk up to the very edge of the fourth floor and you'd grab those handles and you'd step off into space. Well, uh, you would just zoom down to the water and it seemed like it was a lot of fun, but you needed to hold on to that handle for your life. I mean, it wasn't a joke if you, if you let go. You had to step off into space. At first, you'd go down a little bit, and then the cable would kind of catch you, and, and it would moderate your fall. Really scary. It took faith to jump. A lot of people were, were in this long line, and they would get up, and it would be their turn, and they'd look down, and they'd look at the handle, and they'd turn and walk off. <laughs> they didn't do it. But if you stood there for a while, you would see person after person after person do it. And none of them died. And they all were smiling and laughing and yelling and having a great time. And it was fun. It was just the ultimate fun, they said. It worked for them. You know, that's what they said. Well, have you ever seen others, people's lives changed by Christ? I have seen a lot of folks change. You know, you see things happen on TV. You you remember watching the Billy Graham Crusades and thousands of people would come forward, trust in Christ. Did some of your school friends trust in Jesus, become a believer? Did some of your teammates, did uh, some of your neighborhood folks, did some of the businessmen in your town, did they trust in Christ? You also have seen Christ reach out and save people. Now, if you begin the process by stepping out on faith to do that, you will find that Jesus holds you up. He holds you up. That is trusting faith. You don't catch hold and then let go and you're dead. doesn't work like that. When you reach out to the Lord Jesus, he takes hold of you, and he never, ever lets you go. That's a trusting faith. When you step out at a church and come forward and say, you know, it's time for you to trust in Jesus, and you say, I trust in Christ as my Lord. This jailer was in despair. Uh, he, He had ended his hope. He thought, I am going to die. But he was rejoicing after he talked to Paul and had trusted in Christ. What would they do next? Well, they all went and had a feast. They were Baptists. (laughs) Takes a while for some, (laughs) some to get that. Ed Marinaro was a football star. Do any of you remember his that name? you remember him? Some of you guys do. He was a star in college. He was a star in the pros. Uh, when he played professional football, he said it was just terrible, terrible. He played halfback and full black. Every time he would run, he said he would run into that defensive line, those 300-pound guys, and they would jerk on him and hit him, and then... They'd fall on him. You know, when you have 300 pounds fall on you regularly during an afternoon, that's real bad. He said, uh, they would hit me and fall on me, and it would hurt so bad I'd just want to cry. But I couldn't cry with all my teammates out there. But he said, that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to cry. He said every time they would tackle him, he would get up, and he'd go back to his huddle, He'd come out of his huddle and come and take his stance, and he'd look across the line, and by his look, he would say to those people, you didn't hurt me. I'm macho. You didn't hurt me at all. And he said he was about to cry the whole time. He was in terrible, terrible pain. Some of us are like that in life. Some of you here this morning are like that. You don't want anybody to know it, but you're hurting. You don't want to be, you know, the person that's always talking about their pain and everything, so you don't talk about it at all. Some of us are hurting way down to our toes. The tremors and the earthquakes of life have taken their toll on us. We've been facing stuff, and it's hard stuff, difficult stuff. When we are honest enough to say to God, this is terrible. That's when the Lord comes to help. That's what he does. He comes to help. The only person that can really help you in your life and cause the chains that bind you to fall off and put a song in your heart is the Lord. He's the only one that can do that. Some of us need to quit acting macho and trust in God. That's what we need to do. You have been through the storm, you've been through the tremors, you've been through the earthquakes. You need some stability and some strength in your life. And the only one that can give that to you is the Lord. The Lord can give that to you. If you need him today, you don't have to stand in the face of God and say, I'm feeling great. I'm not hurting. You don't need to do that. You need to tell him how much you hurt how much you hurt, and he will respond in love and come and bind up your wounds. That's what the gospel says. He'll touch our heart. Today, you know, I never know, but maybe today there are those in the house that would like to trust in Christ as their Lord and Savior. Do look what the jailer did. The jailer had some questions, and Paul answered them. I hope I've answered some of those questions today. That's what we need to do. Place our faith and our trust in him. And the chains will drop. And there'll be a song in our heart. Today, if you'd like to make a public profession of your faith in Christ, we want you to do that. Just slip out, slip forward. Take a stand for Jesus. He died for you. Some of you that are here have been Christians a long time. It would be wonderful if you'd come and join our church, be a part of our family, be a part of the ministering team. You know, as this church grows, we have a greater and greater and greater influence for the Lord Jesus. Real interesting, yesterday, Benny spoke uh, to a, what was the name of that group? Sons Sons of the American Revolution. He did a great job. There were a lot of people there, and uh, the guy that was emceeing it got up and said, uh, we're glad to have our regular members here. Uh, He said, and we're glad to have all of these other people here. He said, are you all here because of Benny? He said, if you are, raise your hand, and more than half the crowd raised their hand. (laughs) You know, that was a great testimony for our church. For our church, that was a great testimony. You know, as we infiltrate all the living conditions, all the HOAs around here, as we go into Freedom Plaza, as we go into, uh, you know, all the various places here in town, you know, the more of us there are, the greater our witness. And we want you to be a part of that witness. We pray that you'll come and join the church and have a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to sing a hymn. I'm going to stand down here at the front. And if the Lord leads, you just slip forward and take a stand for him. Let's stand together as we sing.